Hello and welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. I'm your host, David Frizzell, and in this episode, we have a return guest to our humble little pod. Way back in episode 94, I spoke with author and behavioral scientist Darren Fleming about his book, Don't Be a Dick. Darren is back with us now to talk about his latest book, Mindset Mastery, Do Less, Achieve More. What a great concept. Darren is concerned that popular self-help literature focuses too much on developing the muscle of discipline and creating habits to guide our behavior. He fears this leads us to playing whack-a-mole with distracting thoughts and destructive behavior. By being a slave to discipline and healthy habits, Darren says we're setting up our day to be one long series of battles within ourselves. Instead, Darren says we might be better off learning how to deactivate what drives us to distraction so we can have greater inner peace, control, and ultimately happiness in our day. Darren wants us to master our mindset. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Darren Fleming. Darren Fleming, welcome back to the Team Guru Podcast. G'day, David. Great to be back. Lovely to have you, Darren. You and I spoke a long time ago. I think it was episode number 94, and we're up to the mid-190s in terms of episodes now. So we've moved on. I've gotten older and balder. Uh, You haven't. You were totally bald last time we spoke, so there's no age there. We spoke about not being a dick last time you and I spoke, and I loved that. I loved the memory of that episode. And of course, when I was preparing for this one, I had a bit of a review of it. And I've, I've some of those ideas have seeped in, and I, I remember them from day to day, which is fabulous. But you've written a new book, and we're going to talk about your new book today. It's called Mindset Mastery, Do Less, Achieve More. That is an alluring promise. It certainly is. And if you apply it properly, you, you can do less and achieve more. Oh, by the end of this conversation that people are listening to right now, that's the position that you're going to put them in. I love it. Hey, what's the mission here, Darren? When you pivot to a new topic like you do, I think you've written six books now. When you land on something like this and you commit the time and everything that it takes to write a book, which is fabulously written as always, you're a fabulous writer. What was the mission? What was happening in your life personally and professionally that landed you here? Yeah, so this book, the germs of this book came just before COVID hit, so December 2019, and I just started getting into a whole bunch of scientific slash spiritual books, people who had spiritual awakenings and put the psychology and the physics and the chemistry behind it all, and I just dived into that. And it's drawing on my qualifications in psychology and studies of Eastern philosophies. And I reckon a lot of the self-help industry is people's biggest problem. Yeah. People think... And you said this in the preface of your latest book. It's about Mm. working with a deficiency, identifying a deficiency and saying there's something wrong with you, a young man or young lady. You need to follow these steps that I'm going to tell you and you'll fix that problem with you. Yeah. And I've been part of the industry that's been guilty for pushing it. I go off, I speak at conferences, and you see other speakers there, and they say, you know, to be successful, you've got to get up at five in the morning, you've got to go for a run, then you've got to meditate for an hour, then you've got to, you know, uh, take your vitamins and run to work to get in early. And, you know, then at nine o'clock, the phone rings, and the school's going, hey, where are the kids? (laughs) I forgot them. I forgot them. 
So the following day, you can't do that. You've got to be there for the kids. And then, you know, at the conference, you were going to have all these things to do. You committed to it. You wanted to do it, but it doesn't fit into your day-to-day work. So after a week, you're not achieving and you get to feel guilty, like you've gone backwards. So how's this different? How's the mindset mastery different to that? So what the mindset mastery is about is about putting you at complete choice in your life and being happy for why you're there. So, you know, you take some of the leading industry books, you know, my um, Atomic Habits, Tiny Habits or The Power of Habits or every other book around habits. It's all about fight against yourself. So you need to have a habit to go to the gym. So that habit has to overcome something, your resistance to going to the gym. Or you need to have discipline to ensure your bad habits don't take over, such as, you know, I'll have discipline to only have one piece of cake at that morning tea, or I have the discipline to not have a second glass of wine at night. And that sets life up as a battle between wills. Mm. So you set all these habits and discipline up, and you live in a cage. Mm. You're fighting yourself every step of the way. I've, I've got habits I'm trying to form about my health and exercise. I've got habits I'm trying to form about my diet, about when I go to sleep, about what alcohol I consume, all of those things. And if you add them up through the day, like you said, in your book, you're just fighting yourself all day long and there's no fun in that. No fun at all. So the idea of mindset mastery is instead of fighting that urge, that fight, that force that's causing you to want to do something or you need so you don't do something, why don't you just get rid of that energetic sensation that's causing you to, to do it? You know, you feel like having another piece of cake. Well, you don't want to have it because you know wanna, you want to look after your health because sugar's bad for you. Well, why don't you get rid of that feeling? And if you can get rid of that feeling, you can look at a piece of cake and not be tempted by it. All right. Now, of course, as is the way in the Team Guru podcast, I'm going to get Darren to hit us with all of his best stuff. We're going to talk about the common barriers that individuals face and how we can overcome those. And Darren will, of course, give us his top few tips around that. But before we get there, tell me what does it look like for someone in their life when they have achieved this mindset mastery? What's life like for them? Life has a lot less stress and a lot more peace. There'll be no peace in the world until every individual has peace in their mind. So if you want to go out and get world peace to happen, develop it in your own mind first. And then because if you are angry, if you are tight, if you are stressing, how can there be peace in your world? So at the very least, what we're aiming here for is individual peace. And then at the very most, we can be that peace of universal peace. We can be part of the whole You know, as you were talking, and and as I read, it was funny, in your preface of your book, you made the point about the self-help industry and, you know, focusing on deficits. And then you listed all of these great books, and I've read 90% of them and absorbed their advice and loved their advice. Mm. And you put it through, you know, you made me look at them through the lens of this, you know, helping me with a deficit, helping me create new habits and, you know, discipline in my life and being able to you know, have clear goals and work towards them and all of that. Does this mean, though, that all of those things are wrong? If we've, through time, been inspired by speakers at conferences or some of these great books that you've listed, and Daniel Kahneman's was one, and The Atomic Habits was another, and, and even The 48 Laws of Power is one that I'm reading at the moment, believe it or not. And you listed all of these things, and I thought, you know, Darren's right. He's got a great point about the deficit bit. 
But does that mean all the work I've done around discipline and creating great habits in my life that I'm proud of, that that give me the type of life that I want to have, does that mean I th- should throw them out the window? Were they all a bad idea? Uh, well, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Let's quote uh, William Shakespeare. So are they wrong? Are they bad? James Clear doesn't think habits are bad, neither does Milton Fogg. I, I've got a different take. I think, because if you've got a habit, I don't have a drink on, I don't drink during the week. Mm. And that's just a habit you have. So like a rule, a life rule. Yeah. And then your best mate from interstate comes to town. What do you do? Do you go against your habit of not drinking? What do you do? Or, you know, you want to go for a drink. So what do you do? You're sitting there going, do I follow my habit or do I break my habit? Mm. So you break your habit because, like, you haven't seen this, mate, and it's just fun. And then the following night, you're actually at an industry. You've got to take that big client out for dinner. And, you know, it was scheduled for Friday, but now they brought it forward to a Thursday night. What do you do now? And a couple of nights, bang, bang, you've broken your habit. And then all of a sudden, you're back to the point where I don't have that habit of not drinking during the week. Whereas if you can deactivate the reason for needing the habit, that is, I have a feeling, a drive, a force within me, if you will, that causes me to want to have a drink, and therefore I'm not going to have a drink. Deactivate that force, and you can look at a drink and have one or not have one, and it's not going to worry you. But that puts you at choice. All right. So if I'm living a life of mindset master. I'm not spending my day a slave to the habits, a slave to the rules that Craig Ballantyne way back in episode 20 odd was really articulate about having rules in your life and how rules set you free. So, but if I've achieved mindset mastery, I don't need those rules because I'm not fighting the urge from day to day. Hmm. And, and we're going to get in a minute to your advice on how do I become someone like that? How do I, how do I get to the point where I've mastered my mindset? But what is it that stops people from having that kind of mindset? What are the things, what are the common barriers and why do we so readily lean on new habits and discipline? Why are we so attracted to James Clear's work and Atomic Habits and, and put out, set, set ourselves up to be a slave of urges through every moment of our day? Yeah, there's a couple of things in that. It's a big question. First is one is around control. And the second one is about knowledge. So we humans, we've got a crazy relationship with control. We try to control things. that We, we t- try to take credit for things we didn't do. We then try to control things we have no right to control. Then we don't control what we should control. So examples of this, we try to take credit for things we didn't do. You ever been fishing or ever spoke to a fisherman and they say, oh, I caught a fish? Yeah. I went fishing over the Easter holidays just a couple of days ago for the first time in about 150 years. And did you, did you catch a fish? Yes, I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> the, the hook did. No, the fish caught itself. That's true. That is so true. They just jump on there. There's nothing I did. You're right. Well, you put the hook there. You put the bait on there. but Stinky prawn. Yeah, sticky prawn, you can put the boat in at the right spot, you can anchor at the best spot, you can throw the hook over with the right bit of prawn on there. But if that fish doesn't come along and bite it, you didn't catch a fish. You're right. So to me, it sounds like the fish was in control of everything. Mm-hmm. He's the boss. Now, now, the reason that's important is we end up trying to take credit for things we didn't do and apply it to other areas of life. So you're a salesperson and you're thinking, how can I get them to buy more stuff from me? Because we try to take credit for things we don't do and we try to take credit for the customer she decided to buy from me. No, 
that's a wrong question because that customer, she's got autonomy and she will buy from you whether she wants to or not. The better question to ask is how can I be worth buying more from? Because that gives me ability to control and change things. Mm. I can't control that customer, but I can control what I do, how I am, who I am being. Mm -hmm. So we try and take credit for things we didn't do. I caught a fish or I grew a rose. You didn't grow a rose. The rose grew itself. We try and control things that we don't have any right to. How can I get that person to do something that I want them to? The third area is we don't control things. So when you brush your teeth this morning, for how long did you brush your teeth? Oh, I reckon somewhere between one and two minutes. Right. So most people brush for around two minutes. So why two minutes? Is that because the Australian Dental Association says so? Or do you brush it until your electric toothbrush buzzes at you and goes, and you go, oh, they're clean? Yeah, done. Or did you brush your teeth until they were clean? Probably not the latter. There's, pro- there's something else at play there, and it's probably more to do with my electric toothbrush that gives me a little vibration when it says, good boy, you've done it for two minutes. So what happens, you've outsourced the control of how clean your teeth are to the time, as opposed to the reason we clean our teeth is to actually make them clean, not to hold the toothbrush for two minutes. Mm. We outsource control. So back to your question about why does this happen? Why do people go from one book to, you know, from Milton Fogg to James Clear and Doohig and everybody else? It's because they're outsourcing control. They think the answer lies on ours. Yeah, James Clear, you know the answer. So. Why don't people know the answer? It's because they don't listen. It's just, I saw a great quote today. Everything that can be said has been said, but don't worry, they weren't listening. So you say it again. <laughs> I like that. So what do you mean they don't listen? So we are getting to the question about why do we so readily lean on Stephen Covey mm. rather than adopt what you're explaining to us about the mindset mastery? And you said the answer is because they don't listen. Is it because I didn't really absorb Stephen Covey? And if I did, I wouldn't need mindset mastery. What am I not listening to? Oh, like, let's let's go big. Let's go real big. And I am by no means religious, but Christ, Buddha, Socrates, all these people have said the same thing. Know thyself. The kingdom of heaven is within. Was it Lao Tzu said? The man who knows others is wise. The man who knows himself is enlightened. Buddha said peace comes from within, never without. So every enlightened sage being mystic and master who has walked this planet has said the same thing. Know yourself. What does that mean? So like religions go off and say, oh, what sort of person are you? Oh, I like long walks on the beach. I like holding hands. It's like, that's just crap because it changes. You like walking on the beach one day and six months later, you don't like the beach. You like walking in the mountains. So how can you know yourself? It's not in that external way. You need to go within to find the answer. So know thyself means pay attention to the energetic sensations in your body. This is what habits try to overrule and override. They say you have this energetic sensation in your body that says, I want another piece of cake. Well, create a habit so you don't have to pay attention to that. And then you won't have that piece of cake. You have an energetic sensation that says, remain seated on the couch. You will. You know you've got to go to the gym, so create a habit so you overcome that energetic sensation. There's a constant fight. I hate to be a nitpicker, but you are leaning back on habits. No, I'm not. You just said create a habit. Create a habit. 
That is what James Clear and Milton oh, Fogg and all the other people will right. say to do. Right. Okay. Oh, so, I'm sorry. So you're suggesting that's not it. Just understand that physical sensation. Yeah. So you're sitting there at morning tea. Mm. Someone in your team is having a morning tea and they've got a Black Forest cake for, you know, it's all being chopped up and you've got a habit that says, I don't eat cake at the moment because I'm trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But you've got to go to this morning tea because you're the team leader, goddammit. Mm -hmm. And you can't turn up. You can't say everyone else go because it's good for team morale. I won't go. So you've got to go and exercise some self discipline. Yeah. And that's hard. So you like, because you're 20 kilos overweight and you've promised your wife or your husband or whoever that you're going to lose and you want to. So you turn up and you struggle through this whole half hour conversation, watching people eat cake that you so dearly want. Fighting the urge. Fighting the urge. So instead of creating a habit around it, why don't you know thyself? Go internal for the kingdom of heaven. The man who knows others is wise. The man who knows himself is enlightened. Whether it's a half-day energizer session or a comprehensive team and leadership program, Team Guru's unique approach could be just what the doctor ordered for your organization. So we're getting to how we overcome these barriers. So we're moving there now. So let's mm. I want you to hit me with this, but before we go there, personal question without warning, how well are you mastering your mindset, Darren Fleming? Everything is a constant process. It isn't a case of I've got to this level, therefore I am. It's something you need to be aware of every single day. It was Carl Jung who said, until we make the unconscious conscious, it'll continually turn up in our life and we'll just call it fate. What is the unconscious we need to make conscious? Well, know thyself. The unconscious is energetic sensations within your body. So until we make them conscious, they will continually turn up in our life. We will create situations that cause that energy to come up and we will call it fate. So how am I going? I'm paying a lot of attention to it, to the energetic sensations that come up in my body and I deactivate them when I can, when I remember. But at other times, uh, it's not as good as it could be. You fall victim to them. And, you know, and, and that's, I love that answer because, it, you know, it is a work in progress for everyone, I'm sure. And, and you understanding it and being able to write a book about it doesn't mean it's done. It's still something that you work on. You know, you talk about these energetic sensations. When I read that phrase in your book, the first thing I thought of was last weekend, I was eating a new ice cream from Connoisseur, new to me, probably not new to the world. And it was some sort of caramel crunch thing. It was amazing ice cream and then had these caramel crunches in it as well, which made it even more amazing. And one of the last things, you know, as I finished my bowl of ice cream, I bit into one of these amazing tasting caramel crunches, but the, the bowl is finished. But there is still in the tub in the freezer and that energetic sensation that the ice cream manufacturers deliberately put in there. That's what they want that last bite to be that lovely nugget of caramel. And that's why Netflix shows always end on a cliffhanging moment because they want you to have more. That's why it's so difficult to get out of the the couch when we know we should get up, even just to get up and go to bed. And a lot of people struggle with that decision each day. When do I get off my butt and walk up the stairs, turn off the TV, brush my teeth and go to bed? It seems so hard. There's an energetic sensation in my body telling me not to do that. Tell me it's easier to stay here. Tell me about energetic sensations and their role in knowing thyself and what I can actually do with it. If, I, if I've bought into your concept here and I, I want this mindset mastery, but I know that I find it really difficult, how can I know myself and what has that got to do with those energetic sensations that I experience every day? Yeah, yeah. Energetic sensations, people may know them as feelings. 
But I don't like the term feelings because people wrap meaning around it. I am feeling frustration. I am feeling excitement. No, you can't feel frustration. Draw a picture of frustration. You can't draw a picture of frustration. No, that's a... The scream. The scream. But that's a picture of a person with their mouth open screaming. That's not frustration. You can't draw frustration. You can't draw love. You can't draw stress because they're emotion. They're feelings. But what happens is when we put those words on those energetic sensations, we introduce a story. And all of a sudden, that person who is always, in inverted commas, stressed out at work, if they stop putting the label on it, they're not going to be stressed anymore, are they? And what they're going to be able to do is realize, I'm not stressed. I'm feeling this energetic sensation. And what that means is know thyself. Go in and feel and experience that energetic sensation. Don't try and suppress it. Don't push it down. Don't try and avoid it. You know, don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. Don't try and express it. How dare you? Because when you're doing that, you're reinforcing those energetic sensations and causing them to come back later. So tell me about when I'm eating a bowl of ice cream, which is a real challenge. There's a a story in the book about that. And how about another one, a professional one where I'm at work, I've got to give a presentation to a group of senior people and I, I don't like doing that. How can knowing myself and understanding these energetic sensations help me in those two situations? Tell me what it means on a practical level to put your work into practice. Sure. Okay, let's look at the presentation skills because I've spent the last 20 years teaching presentation skills around Australia and the world for that matter. Many people get what, once again, we label nervous before a presentation. But that energetic sensation that that nervous speaker feels is probably the same energetic sensation that I feel, but I don't get nervous. You're excited. I'm excited. Same feeling. Same feeling. But why is one person nervous, one person excited? Well, it's just simply a story. The story they tell themselves around it. Absolutely. So Darren Fleming is saying this feeling is because I'm a really great public speaker. I teach this stuff. I've been doing it for 20 years. I'm really excited to get out in front of this audience. Someone with a different story to tell themselves feels those same feelings, those same sensations and tells themselves the story, you're nervous again, you're terrible at this, you botched it last time, that's why you feel nervous. And that's what it comes down to. When you put a label on it, you introduce all of these other things. So I'm feeling nervous about a presentation. Well, I remember feeling nervous at school when I tried to ask that girl out on a date, and I felt nervous when I went for that job interview, and I felt nervous when I went home and was in trouble from school. It's just like you're going to give a presentation to the board. Why do you need all those other stories? Like, don't bring them in. It's not going to help you. But we label it, and then we draw on experiences that reinforce that position, and it's crazy. Actually, while well, we've started it then, so let's talk about your six don'ts, because that's part of overcoming the, the obstacles and the barrier. The six don'ts are label, don't label it, don't own it, don't judge it, don't fight it, don't justify it, and don't explain the sensations. Talk us through those yeah. in relation to eating ice cream and to giving a presentation. So the presentation, now don't label it, I'm feeling excited or I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling nervous or whatever it happens to be. You are feeling an energetic sensation. That energetic sensation is true. It's true for you. Don't ignore it. But just don't label it because when you label it, you put a story on it. Now, with these don'ts, this is not about suppressing or repressing or avoiding in any way. In fact, it's it's the exact opposite. It's about giving your attention 100% to those energetic sensations. So with the ice cream, you're sitting on the couch, you're 
having a you're watching the TV and uh, you know life's perfect. You've done the dishes, you're sitting there with your significant other, you're watching TV, and everything's perfect. And all of a sudden the ad comes on. You may be watching old school free to air TV and advertise the bowl of ice cream. Then all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, oh gee, I'd like a bowl of ice cream. No, I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah, but you know it's been a tough week. Yeah, I know that, but I went to the gym today. Yeah, but, you know, you had to do this, that, and the next. And you spend the next 20 minutes arguing. Sorry? Agonizing over it. Oh, absolutely. The first thing to understand is that voice is not you. You are the one listening to the voice. Because when you look at it, what side of the voice should be you? There is no side. Where you think I am having an argument with my voice about whether or not I should have ice cream, you have arbitrarily put yourself on one side of that conversation. Have you noticed it's the same voice on both sides? That's a really fascinating point. The voice is not me. I'm just listening to it. Because you're right, because, because on one hand, I do want the ice cream because it tastes amazing. But on the other hand, I don't want the ice cream because I have all these goals and I've made all these promises to myself. So that voice can't be mine because I've got these two competing priorities in my mind. So why would that voice belong to me? So I get it now. So it, my job is to observe the voice, to hear what it's saying and, and ignore it? Pretty much. Just to, because when people hear this for the first time, and I know you've read the book, they can sort of do their head in. So to understand that, you know, we talk in our Western society that we've got five senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. We've got so many more. Vestibular system, that is, you know, your movement and balance. If you didn't have that, you'd fall over. Proprioception, where is my arm? Where is my leg? If you didn't have that, you wouldn't be able to close your eyes and put your hands together. The mind is also another sense organ. The mind is how the brain understands, or the mind is how we understand the brain has had a thought. So in the same way that if you look at the, your phone on the desk, you don't look at that phone and go, that's me. You don't. Same way as you hear, it's just my phone. It's just something that my sense organs are picking up and sending as a signal through to my brain. You don't hear some music that your sense organs of your ears pick up and sends a signal through to your brain. You don't hear that music and go, that music is me. It's the same for the brain generating a thought. The mind, for want of a better term, sees it, it encounters it. But for some reason, because it is so, because it's internal, we think it is us. It is not. It is just something that is happening inside our heads. So don't label it. Don't label it. Don't own it. So around presentation skills, always feel nervous when I go to present. This is me. This is just how I am. Yeah. That's like, is that your new mantra? Yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> that could be your, your email signature. Darren Fleming, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so when you um, are having some ice cream and you, or, or you, the ads come on, you, you think you want some ice cream and you start thinking, oh, I want some ice cream. It's because I love ice cream. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I. There is an energetic sensation in my body. That's all that's happening. You are wrapping a story around it saying you want ice cream. You know, when I was reading your book this afternoon, I was thinking there is a part of me that's superior and arrogant. And when I see an ad for ice cream, I kind of take this, this, this perspective of, oh, look at these people trying to trick me into wanting ice cream. I know what they're doing. I don't want ice cream right now. But I, I do link it to my habits because it's, it's not Saturday. I, I only eat junk food on Saturday. Look at these people spending millions of dollars getting this out on TV to try and trick me, but I'm above that. Is that an okay thing to take here? Like, is that an okay take on this? Is like, actually, well, I understand all of this so well. 
this is not me wanting ice cream. This is the tricks of the trade. They're using all the scientific tricks to make me want ice cream, but I know better. It all depends on how long that takes up mental real estate for you. Thinking about how superior I am, probably too long. <laughs> but if you are superior, it's, you know. <laughs> it's just a story. Good. All right. Don't label it. Don't own it. And don't judge it. So don't sit there saying, you're a bad guy. Here you are, made these promises about your diet. You've committed to yourself and to everyone else. And here you are at the first sign of an ice cream ad wanting to go and dig into the freezer. Yeah. Or when you've got to give a presentation, oh, I should feel different. I should be more confident. Yeah. I've done this heaps of times. I should be better at this. Yeah. Don't do that. No. The reason you are feeling what you are feeling is because you have programming inside your body. Mm -hmm. You don't know what programming is there. You can't compare your programming to the person next to you because they've got a completely different life. Could be from when you're in year four and gave a bad presentation, the girl you liked laughed at you. I'm over that now. Or it could be from like your 15 lifetimes ago, if you believe in that. It's in you. It doesn't matter where it's from. It's in you. So don't judge it. Don't make it right. Don't make it wrong. Just observe it. Don't label it. Don't own it. Don't judge it. Now, this one concerns me. Don't fight it. So I give in every time. Every time they've paid for an ad on TV to remind me how much I like ice cream, don't fight it. Just go and eat their ice cream. Is that what you say? Why is uh, giving in the only form of not, well, the other other alternative? Mm, I like it. I like where you're going. It just simply observe. Observe. It's like, huh, how about that? That ad made me want ice cream. What? How amazing is that? Well, that's still creating a story around it. Mm, okay. This is getting tricky. I saw that ad. I saw that ad. Mm. Ooh, I'm now feeling this energetic sensation in my body. Yeah, okay. Ooh, that I'm not going to label. That I'm not going to label. That's why they're energetic sensation. I can feel my taste buds watering. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Or I have to uh, give a presentation. Don't label it saying, I'm feeling nervous. It's, oh, I can feel this. I can feel this energetic sensation happening. Oh, cool. There it is. My goodness. Isn't that exciting? Someone can say something and it can cause this, this energetic sensation in my body. Wow, I must be connected to the environment around me. All right, so I'm not going to fight it, but that doesn't mean I'm eating ice cream. It just means I'm not fighting against it. Yeah, just, just feel and experience the energetic sensation. And number five of six, the penultimate, is don't justify it. What do you mean by that? I've got a right to feel this way. I've got a right to feel nervous because this is a very important presentation. I've got a right to want to have ice cream because, damn it, I work hard. Mm-hmm. Just to feel the energetic sensation. And don't explain, this is number six of the six don'ts, don't explain the sensation. I always feel this way because when I was in year four, I gave a presentation or um, I always feel like this when there's something ice cream about or we've got a morning tea. Yeah, because it's my real weakness. It's my weakness. It's my real weakness. Yeah, okay. All right, so there's six things that we don't do. Now, the most obvious question in the world that everyone is sitting, listening, wondering, so what do I do instead? You just told me six things to not do, Darren. Yeah, Tune in next week and you'll be able to uh, <laughs> <laughs> or go to my Enter your credit card details here. All you do is simply observe the energetic sensation. So you need to give a presentation. You've been told that, you know, you got the email from your boss and you don't like giving presentations and it says you've got to present at the quarterly gathering. Oh, you've just read that. What are you experiencing in your body? It might be a heat. It might be a flush of energy. Just watch it. Prepare your presentation and, you know, five minutes before you're due to speak, what are you feeling? Just experience it. Just watch it. You're sitting there watching that ad for some ice cream and you're thinking, oh, I would like some ice cream, but you don't want to have some. And this works for morning tea as well. 
just experience that energetic sensation in your body. And one of the beautiful laws of the universe will kick in. And that law is the law of impermanence. Nothing in the universe lasts forever. Even our sun, in nine billion years, it'll be gone. So After it turns into a red giant and, and gobbles up the inner rocky planets. And did you know that most likely place for us to go and live in those billions of years will be a moon around Saturn? I can't remember the name of the moon. Yeah, cockroaches will beat us there. Because the sun will expand so much, ironically, as it's dying, that for a few million years at least, it will be the sun, the moons around Saturn that will be the place to live. Isn't that amazing? That's assuming, A, that when we got there earlier, we didn't screw up its planet and then we had to leave and find another galaxy. But that's a whole other... <laughs> so nothing is permanent. So this feeling I'm having about being nervous for this Prezzo, this feeling, this urge to eat ice cream, it won't last. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. So if the sun in 9 billion years will eventually be gone, so will this energetic sensation you have of fearing a presentation or of wanting ice cream. But what do I do in the meantime? How do I help myself make that ultimate decision? Because I still, even though I've sat and done all the, the six don'ts, I'm still sitting on my couch on a Friday night thinking, geez, I'd love some ice cream. Then have some ice cream. But have it from a position of choice, not from a position of programming within you or because your habits slash discipline said you could slash couldn't have it. I'm not saying don't eat ice cream. I'm saying do it from choice. Be 100% aware of what you're doing. So you're, the ad comes on, you see the ice cream, you feel like having it, deactivate it, apply the six don'ts, just observe the energetic sensation. It will then dissipate. You will get to a point where you can go, actually, I would like some ice cream. And then you have some. But it was my decision. It would be your decision. It was my decision. And by giving up the, the, the programming and the habits, I'm not making my day a battle. From the minute I wake up, until the minute I go to bed, I'm having to battle all of these rules and habits that I've tried to form in my life. I'm just experiencing it and making the choice myself. Or you can have not have the ice cream and you're just not going to worry about it. I found this so powerful when I used it to give up alcohol. You know, like most people, we, we, we drank a bit and I just went, actually, I'm going to deactivate it. And it got to the point where it was hard work to have a beer. And then like my wife still drinks when we get together with her folks. They still drink. I go to parties. And it's not even a decision as to whether or not I will have a drink. It's just like someone could put a packet of cigarettes or, or a beer or cocaine. I just wouldn't be tempted by any of it. That decision's already been made. Well, it's a choice. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't even into the radar. All right, Darren, we are quickly running out of time. It's been a great chat. People have bought into what you're saying. They love the six don'ts. They love the idea of having a life that is not a series of battles. What are three things that you can leave us with so I remember you tomorrow, next week, next month? Yeah, certainly. And these are outlined in the book Mindset Mastery that you can get from uh, all good online retailers. Or as you asked me to do, we've actually set up a free download for the people who want to get the copy of the book. Times are tight. So we've made it available for them. If you go to mindsetmastery.online. And you can download the complete book for free there. The book for free. You are a kind man, Darren. I'm going to put that in the uh, the podcast page, the lessons learned page of this podcast. So people can click on that and get the book for free. Fantastic. And it is well worth the read. And as I said earlier, you are a lovely writer, Darren. It's an easy book to read because of the way you write. Give us your three nuggets. Be aware. Know thyself. 
the, it was the Buddha who said, the only truth you will ever know is that which you experience in your body. 500 years later, Christ came along and said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Like, they've been saying this stuff for thousands of years. Pay attention to the energetic sensations in your body. Number two, just observe. Apply the six don'ts. Don't label, don't own, don't judge, don't fight, don't justify, don't explain. And then three is a simple two-step process. Rinse and repeat. Pay attention to what's going on in your body. If all the people take away from this podcast is to become aware of the signals their body is sending them, their life will change overnight. I love it. I love it, Darren. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again for the Team Guru podcast. Thank you for coming for a visit. Thank you for inviting me back. Love talking to you guys. And that was Darren Fleming, as always, an engaging and passionate conversation. Darren's six don'ts for when you feel that energetic sensation, whether it's about having that bowl of ice cream or those pre-presentation jitters. Number one, don't label it. Number two, don't own it. Don't judge it. Don't fight it. Don't justify it. And number six, don't explain the sensations. Darren says instead, number one, be aware, know yourself. Number two, just observe those energetic sensations and apply the six don'ts. And number three, simply rinse and repeat. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Darren on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. And don't forget, as part of that Lessons Learned page, Darren has included a link where you can download an electric copy of his book for free. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website. That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. And don't forget to check out my new project, yourstorypod.com.au and get in touch if there's someone in your life who should tell their story. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now.